0: It's time for dishing up nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Cavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing up nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast.
1: Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Cavist, licensed nutritionist, certified nutrition specialist, and host of Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, our show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life changing nutrition counseling and also life changing nutrition classes.
0: That's right. Good morning, Good Dar. Good morning. Yeah, so I am Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. I have been teaching and counseling clients for the past eight years. Five of those years right here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I can't believe that. I was going to say that. I can't (laughs) believe that. You've been five years. Five years. Yeah. Yep. Back in February, it was my five-year weight and wellness anniversary. Oh, my gosh. I know. So our topic today is getting relief from muscle pain and muscle spasms. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night with a leg or foot cramp with your toes curling up? Well, we've certainly heard that one a lot of times. That in the, we have.
1: In, yes. in consultations, lots of people experience that. One.
0: I've experienced
1: it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and you know, it's painful and you're out of bed and you're jumping around or you're just laying there just waiting for it to pass. <laughs> Well, today we are going to talk about those muscle cramps and why you might be experiencing them and what to do about it. You
1: know, Brenna, we always say food first. So do you mean that there is a connection to the food you're eating and muscle cramps? I mean, I wonder
0: how many people would ever think that. Probably not too many, unless they're thinking about football players and bananas.
1: (laughs) Certainly foods for certain people can actually create muscle spasms, you know, in your lower back... Or muscle spasms in your jaw, or you know those little mini muscle spasms in your neck that give you
0: a headache, mm-hmm. and then shoulder pain, or little eye spasms where your eyes twitching. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, Dar, we have had clients who, when they eat corn, corn chips, corn, or chip. corn tortillas, mm-hmm. they end up getting back spasms.
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: It is. So rather than
1: reaching for an Advil or a Tylenol or a narcotic. Think, hmm, what am I eating that may be creating a muscle spasm or a muscle cramp?
0: Or what is my body lacking that could be causing all of the pain and inflammation in my body?
1: You know, I personally have asked that question many times over the past year. And do I have all the answers? No, (laughs) but I have a lot of them now.
0: You know, and Dar, if you don't have all the answers, and I certainly don't have all the answers... Maybe we can get a few of these answers from our guest today because we have Dr. Robert Silverman, author of Inside Out Health, joining us by phone from New York. He's going to help answer the question, why are so many people today experiencing pain, inflammation, muscle cramps, and muscle spasms? Dr. Robert Silverman is both a chiropractor and a certified nutrition specialist with a master's degree in nutrition. He presents simple and cost-effective solutions to many health problems. So welcome, Dr. Silverman. You know,
1: we'd like to open up the phone lines today so people can ask their questions. If you're struggling with muscle cramps or pain or inflammation, give us a call. Our number here at the studio is
0: 651-641-1071. So good morning, Dr. Silverman.
2: Good morning, everyone. How are you?
0: We are great. You know, we also put out on our Weight and Wellness Facebook page uh, asking people if they would have some questions. And we got a couple. Um, and our first question was from Corinne. And she would like some more information on plantar fasciitis. So can you share some knowledge with us about plantar fasciitis?
2: Absolutely. About 10 million Americans at any one time have plantar fasciitis. But yes. this is a real <laughs> takeaway. Other than being the number one reason for heel pain... It's typically not plantar fascia in that it's not the muscles. It's more of a nerve that's hidden under the muscles in the bottom of the foot. And that totally changes the treatment and the dynamic. So right out of the box, I tell people to have anybody who's looking at them, podiatrist, chiropractor, orthopedist, and the like, to start evaluating any kind of nerve entrapment. Number two about plantar fasciitis A lot of it comes from new shoes, moving too much, and a change in your gait, how you walk and run. So another thing I would recommend when you go to somebody is to really evaluate how you move. In addition, there's a lot of great natural alternatives to help with plantar fasciitis.
1: Well, let's talk about some of those natural ones. You know, actually, uh, Dr. Silverman, I read an article in the paper the other day about flip-flops, those shoes, and how much damage they're doing to people's feet? You want to talk a little bit about that? or
2: Yeah, absolutely. Don't be a flip-flop, <laughs> as we say. Um, flip-flop doesn't allow you to go what they call in dorsiflexion. That means it doesn't enable you to point your toes up and push your heel down. When you stay flat, you're actually stretching the back of your calf, and the back of your calf pulls on that Achilles tendon and pulls on those structures in the heel and they actually yank and, and trap those nerves. So flip-flops aren't really good. They don't enable you to move in an appropriate manner. So no flip-flops, no sandals unless you're on the beach. Okay. A better shoe would be, would be better. However, mm-hmm. one of the biggest culprits, ladies, mm-hmm. is for plantar fasciitis, high heels.
0: Yes, which is why I don't wear them.
2: <laughs> there you go. A good flat shoe will help you greatly. Any shoe that's, that has a three-quarters of an inch puts 22% increase in pressure on your heel and the structures there. That may, again, impinge the nerve and cause what they call at least plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciitis.
1: So, you know, Dr. Silverman, you talked about, just before, you talked about some natural remedies for getting rid of some of that nerve pain. What, um, what you know, just give listeners a couple of ideas on things that might help.
2: Absolutely. Well, like you guys said, food first. Mm-hmm. Most people that have problems in the heel, they need to lose weight. Most Americans are overweight. Most Americans 68%. have percent of problem. Yeah. So again, it falls into exactly what you're saying and purporting every week, lose some weight. It takes the structure and uh, the pressure off the structure. So with that being said, food, they're foods that are inflammatory. Foods like shrimps, trans fats, Uh, Sugar, sugar being a toxin, gluten, things of that nature. So I always tell everybody the first thing you want to do, whether it's just to get healthy or musculoskeletal, is do the GPS of health. That GPS is very simply no gluten, no processed food, no sugar. With that being said, some alternative methods. There's low-level laser that works so fabulously to help heal the body from the inside out. And there's specific nerve entrapment, soft tissue techniques like factor, and active release that I've seen work so well in the chiropractic model. So those are some things that I would consider to help aid with plantar fasciitis.
1: So you know what? I, which when you mentioned about no sugar and no gluten, you know, Brenna, you just created a recipe for some brownies.
0: I Let's talk
1: about brownies <laughs> that are healthy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, we are creating a recipe for Mother's Day and it is actually made with black beans no gluten. There's no gluten. There's actually no grains in it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, there is a little bit of a sweetener in the form of maple syrup in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the rest of it is just like eggs and cocoa powder. And listeners uh, can be looking for that on our Facebook page or our website uh, in a couple of days, probably like next Tuesday or Wednesday.
1: You know, Dr. Sober, when we always try to give people options for or substitutes for some of these things that they're used to eating, you know. And uh, so Brenna came up with this idea for Mother's Day.
0: And we typically don't do dessert substitutes. No, we don't. But we figured Mother's Day was a special one.
2: (laughs) That's outstanding. I love that recipe, and I think that's great. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as you guys well know, recipes are a key component in talking about food and how to help people. Make it tasty, healthy food. You know what's most interesting about food is the perception of America. They did a survey, and they thought healthy food didn't taste well. So give a yummy recipe like you're doing is really enabling people to eat well. In addition most Americans think that healthy food is more expensive. And we found out that a good diet, like say the Mediterranean diet is cheaper per day than the standard American diet. Exactly. That's right.
0: And we actually have to take our first break here. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life changing nutrition classes and counseling. Stay tuned because we have Dr. Rob Silverman, author of Inside Out Health, joining us to talk about pain and inflammation. We'll be right back. Good morning and welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are talking with Dr. Rob Silverman, author of Inside Out Health. And let me just tell you, I loved this book. Um,
1: I know you were talking about
0: (laughs) it. Um, It's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. And considering all of the stress fractures I had in high school, the tendonitis I had in college, I wish I had had this back then. That's really an endorsement. I know. And I don't say
2: that lightly about many books. No,
0: no. So how can people get your
1: book, Dr. Silverman?
2: Easy enough. Amazon.com. You know, go to Inside Out Health, Robert Silverman. You can do that. Or hit my Facebook, drrobertsilverman.com, and you can download it right there.
1: Okay. Easy. So we have a a caller with a question. Yes,
0: we have Fran on the line.
1: Good morning, Fran.
0: Oh yeah. Good morning. Good morning. You have a question for Dr. Silverman? Yes, I do.
2: Good.
3: Hi, Dr. Silverman.
2: Good morning. I have a quick question.
3: Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a kind of a cram that feels like death on the back of your calf.
1: On your calf. It okay.
3: Usually happens at night.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's a what? it's that's a deep it's a deep cramp
3: very deep cramp yep. and I heard before that when it happens you go sit on it in the top of cold water and I've tried that so many times and it doesn't work. What is that and, how, and what can help with that?
1: I think Dr. Silverman let's maybe just at least first start, start talking about it, in insufficient amount of magnesium, but then you can then go from there.
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Great, great point. An insufficient uh, amount of magnesium. Most Americans are magnesium deficient. It's over 60% at that point. Part of the problem is um, they've recommended an average intake of 400 milligrams, which isn't enough. The average person is getting two to 300. One of the problems, not taking enough magnesium, is night cramps. So foods that I would recommend or something you may want to consider to take um, or increase consumption of, dark leafy greens, nuts, seeds, fish, beans, avocados, dark chocolate, and if it's tangible for you, brown rice. Um, the biggest problem is, there are three reasons why we're magnesium deficient. Number one, we have this calorically rich diet typically with micronutrients that, um, from poor fats that are very deficient. Number two, everybody drinks coffee. Coffee's the number one consumed beverage in America. Coffee strips the body and does not allow for magnesium to get absorbed. And number three, because of that, a lot of Americans also drink alcohol, and that doesn't allow magnesium to be absorbed. The best form of magnesium for um, muscles, uh, a lot of people ask me that, magnesium bisglycinate. Mm-hmm.
1: We talk about magnesium glycinate all the time on this show, and we use it in our office all the time. It's People call it the miracle supplement because... It relieves the cramps. And you were going to say something, Brenna. I saw your mouth open. I don't know. I was just (laughs)
0: going to jump in there and say, I think about like, I don't know, 90% of our clients are taking magnesium. And I think, Dr. Silverman, you said, you know,
1: most people are getting two to 300 milligrams, maybe, in their diet. Maybe. And maybe not even that. And we always go 400. But, you know, sometimes when people are having a lot of these cramps, I bet you go higher than that with many of your patients, don't you?
2: Absolutely, and you're able to go very high with magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate because it has no gastrointestinal upset. When they take normal over-the-counter magnesium, they may have a diarrhea-type effect, but that form that you guys are recommending is the choice form. Because it goes through the stomach and it's absorbable with no gastrointestinal upset, so I usually go eight to hundred to a thousand milligrams to get over those muscle cramps.
1: I totally agree. We agree, hundred percent. So that was a great question, Fran. Thank you for calling. I hope we answered. I, you know, that's the that's the beginning place with that is to make sure that you've got enough, and I think you have to supplement with magnesium to get enough in until you get rid of the cramps for sure and then maybe you can back down and that's really what i usually find is you know i might just start to someone at you know 800 a thousand milligrams and then i can back down and finally get down to 400 and they still don't have any muscle cramps and they're good to go Mm -hmm.
0: so in dr silverman's book you have a fun little quote in there saying that nobody ever thinks that having a beautiful liver is a lot better than having high cheekbones. A beautiful liver. A beautiful liver. So why do we want a beautiful liver and what are we doing that might be hurting our
2: liver? Absolutely. And you know, the liver and the gut are without question to me, the true emphasis on how we fix the body from the inside out. But to speak to the liver, toxins, 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 the hidden load, What's what's really invisible is truly hurting us. We are just, unfortunately, here in America, here in Minnesota, I'm here in New York, we're exposed to toxins.
1: Let's talk about, Dr. Silverman, Mm -hmm. you know, our listeners, they hear that word toxins, and then they think, well, what does that really mean? What are you talking about? What are some of those liver toxins?
2: Great question. Flame retardants. They're like in your couches. Uh, in the plastics that we all use, the plastic bottles, something called BPA. BPA, for instance, is maybe one of the bigger culprits. Increased obesity in children and teenagers. Increased incidence, about 50% of diabetes. Decreased testosterone in men. Where is the BPA most prominent? Well, it's hidden, believe it or not, in cash receipts. Our currency, our dollars have it. So that poses an issue, too. BPA for women have increased so much so that It's decreased fertility in America. Uh, Some of the toxins are in a regularly drunk beverage coffee. It's called acrylamide. Mm -hmm. So when you go to one of the different uh, coffee shops and they burn it a little bit to get that real coffee taste, that little burn taste, that's called acrylamide. Seafood has mercury. And just walk outside you'll be exposed to some secondhand smoke. Those are all toxins that we would really discuss. We're, Finally, oh, I'm sorry.
1: Well, you know, we're talking about inflammation and pain and all that today. And I, th- the one toxin that I think of is uh, Tylenol. <laughs> uh,
2: my God, Tylenol, wow. Talk about something that can raise liver enzymes. I can give you case studies of patients coming in wanting to go for blood tests and taking Tylenol. Tylenol, without question, is poison, and that really gets to the grand idea of Tylenol and some other things, not to get off topic, like non-steroid anti-inflammatories, Aleve, Advil, and ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. These are things that people use so regularly. They do decrease pain, but they impair healing. Yes, The nutraceuticals in food, nutraceuticals are, again, taken from food, do decrease pain also, but they promote healing. Which do you want? Exactly.
0: Well, I know which I would want. And we do have a caller on the line here. If we could take Pat real quick. Morning, Pat. Hi. You have a question for Dr. Silverman? Yes, I do. I have
3: two bad knees, one bad hip. But what I'm calling about is the muscles of my right thigh in the front of my leg. I think it's overuse because I think the, the muscle, those thigh muscles, Above my knee are are working so hard, um, and so besides rest and I've tried topical things, I'm I, and I do the magnesium gly, glycinate, mm-hmm. um, and I'm thinking maybe the doctor even has other things that I can try to help keep these muscles um, feeling better.
2: That's a great question, Pat. Let's, Dr. Silverman, go for it. Now, I'm assuming you're asking manual stuff, food stuff, things like that. Everything, because,
1: I mean, you know, I know when you have that kind of pain, it is... Oh, what
3: about uh, marijuana, medical marijuana, mm. oil, or
1: something like that? I, I, I've i been
3: asking some people about that, too.
2: Got it. I'll cover it all, so here you go. Number one... You
0: have two and a half minutes.
2: <laughs> okay, and I, I'll get it done in two and a half minutes. Number one, I'm a big proponent... When anybody comes with any condition, we talk about lifestyle. And I make sure everybody's diet is pristine. So, of course, once again, I'm going to put you on an anti-inflammatory gluten-free diet. Again, I'm going to talk about no processed foods. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about possibly decreasing all the toxins in there. Now, to speak specifically to your muscles, I do like the glycinate. I'm a big proponent in you know uh, probiotics, something really good for the gut. I, it's one of my bases for inside-out health. As far as treatment protocols, I have no problem with massage. I think massage will help well. Ultimately, the concept of what your problem is, you need someone to go in and analyze it, and analyze it in such, he who treats the side of pain is lost. So when you point to your quadriceps, that's the muscles in the front of your thigh, if it's just that, that doctor may be lost. So for instance, I may put you through a movement, I'll have you walk, I'll have you bend, and I may find that you bend too much at your knees, and most people don't move at their hips. So once I do this movement analysis, I may be able to tell you how to move, and this way you won't be overutilizing your quadriceps. In addition, something that we didn't talk about, we've talked about magnesium, the intake of calcium. We love a nice ratio of magnesium to calcium. So when somebody has a muscle spasm, we usually like to give an intake of magnesium to calcium in a 2-to-1 ratio whereas we may switch that for a normal multivitamin, normal multimineral, and we may cover something like osteoporosis and calcium a little bit later because that's pretty pertinent, and we have some ladies on the phone, and I think that may be of some interest. So um, I hope I was able to get that in in two and a half minutes (laughs) and give you something to uh, start get feeling better, as I like to say, on Monday morning implementation.
3: Thank you, Doctor. And you said two to one calcium to magnesium.
2: Calcium to magnesium two to one in a normal multivitamin. If it's a mu- uh, muscle spasm, we like to invert that ratio and make it magnesium to calcium two to one. Oh, that's good. The glycinate.
0: Yes, that's great. That was awesome. So we do have to go to our break here. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. It's only two more weeks until Mother's Day. And if your mom likes to cook and loves reading cookbooks, let me suggest the weight and wellness cookbook and nutrition guide. This cookbook has easy-to-follow recipes that will help your mom reduce inflammation and just feel better. So stop in to one of our seven locations here in the Twin Cities, or you can order it online at weightandwellness.com. We'll be right back. Hey Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down. Didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The temptation-taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up.
2: Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. On-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Well,
1: welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, this spring and early summer, we're providing seven of our life-changing classes at half price. You know, the cost of each class is only $12.50. That's a steal. Yes. We have seven new classes that are being taught at each of our seven locations. You know, some of the classes are already full, so you might need to drive a little further to get the class you want. You know, we've had great reviews so far. You know, so if you're struggling with pain and inflammation, and I know that class is filled up. Pain and inflammation is filled up at a couple of locations for sure. But so, you know, look around and I encourage you to sign up for any of the classes. Another one that's really popular, Full House, Five Steps to Boost Your Metabolism. Very popular class. So what what we're trying to do is, you know, bring bring your friend, bring your mom, bring your sister, bring your dad anyone that you're trying to influence and get them to eat better, this is a great opportunity. So if you want to sign up, call 651-699-3438, and you can save your space. That's right. Get signed up. So now, where are we going this morning, Miss Brenna?
0: Uh, we are back with Dr. Silverman. And Dr. Silverman, in your book, Inside Out Health, you wrote that here in the U.S., we don't have a health care system we have a sick care system, and standard medicine usually involves drugs that work quickly by shutting off pathways that are causing the that are causing the pain. so can you kind of talk a little bit more about that
2: absolutely it's unfortunate. Um, our medical system mark- is symptom first, not system first so what drugs do is they shut off all pathways and In functional medicine and in natural medicine, we want to harness specific pathways to enable ourselves to heal. The body does have a natural process and pathways to help it heal. Unfortunately, the drugs shut everything off, both good and bad, so there's no healing involved with drugs. And that's why there's so many deleterious and or side effects that we hear from specific drugs. So, uh, once again, I'm a proponent. We should be looking at systems, not symptoms. There's only 11 to 14 body systems systems out there where there's a ton of symptoms. So when you go to a doctor or you come into your office, I'm sure everybody there is looking at systems. They're making it personalized, individualized for that person because even the people on the radio right now that are talking, we all don't need the same thing. You're Mm -hmm. going to get to ideology. And the big thing is what we do is there's a collaboration. You're giving recipes. I'm talking to the patients. There's no script, here you go, see you later in six months. That collaboration is critical. Therefore, when we work with patients, we have a predictive, preventative, personalized, and a participatory type of healthcare system. And prevention is probably the thing that will make the biggest dent in bringing our health care costs down.
0: That was an excellent answer. You know, so we talk about how drugs kind of shut down all of the systems or they just shut down that one system. Um, I think later on in the show, we were going to talk about osteovantive, but there is a very specific ingredient in osteovantive that kind of works in some of these pathways that may cause pain. Can you explain a little bit more about how osteovantive works in the body to help reduce pain? And, you know, that's a we know that that's a supplement that metagenics makes and have
1: perfected and we we have a lot of success with clients with that supplement so now i'll let you talk
2: <laughs> not a problem no i, I is one of my favorite supplements it is my go-to supplement for any kind of joint health the particular ingredients that you're talking about is undenatured collagen type 2 it's chicken soup or chicken. Sternum, if you will, mm-hmm. chicken sternum, cooked at a very low temperature over a duration of time, where they keep its protein helix or its properties, if you will, in perfect form and don't break it down. That's why they call it undenatured. So it's very interesting when you undenature this type of collagen and you take it orally. It goes through your body, and your body assumes and assesses it as a natural substance. Therefore, it doesn't attack it and cause any autoimmune or inflammation. It then provides, and I don't want to get too heady, something is an autoantigen. Guys, that's as heady as I'm going to get. Essentially, all the bad guys come to it, and it sucks it up. No damage is produced to the joint, and the research on it is fabulous in that it actually even beats something like glucosamine. So we've seen increases in range of motion in the knee. Whereas that is the key element to osteoarthritis. So osteovaniv and that specific ingredient, undenatured collagen type 2, works through the stomach and enables people's joints not to break down anymore. A big takeaway is not only in the knees, there's now research to show it's positive to avoid disc herniations.
0: Wow, that's
1: amazing. So, you know, if we, because what we do is, well, we, we love that supplement, but we also really encourage people to make their own chicken bone broth and and simmer it you know for eight hours or whatever it is to get the the minerals out of the bones and to make their own uh undenatured collagen product Um, and also use it with osteovativ if they've got a lot of joint pain so we're kind of trying to cover it from a food first point of view and also from a supplement point of view
2: it's a great perspective because when you think about it, it is food first. Food should be your medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, if medicine mm-hmm. is your food, there's a problem. And hence the word supplement. Supplemental to lifestyle and food, you may want to take something that's extracted that you may need to, for a duration of time or you may need more of.
1: You know, one of the other things that I think we should talk about is osteoarthritis. Mm. Because I I can't tell you how many clients walk into the office thinking, you know, my grandmother had it. My mother had it. You know, it has to be a genetic factor. Uh, can you speak a little bit more to osteoarthritis? Because we're always trying to get people to look at what they're really eating that's causing their joints to break down. And if you, if you talk about it, it'll be one more voice.
2: absolutely it is not a genetic component it is a lifestyle component it's the body's response to inflammation that causes osteoarthritis so let's take it from a food perspective let's take it just from gluten and sugar they're inflammatory sugar is a toxin gluten means glue it sits in your stomach and damages your gut the house of your immune system so osteoarthritis is your body's response to inflammation. They're foods that are inflammatory. We've talked about them before. White bread, trans fat like a donut, foods that are good and soothing that'll help your joints, like grass-fed beef, nuts and seeds, fruits and vegetables. They're fabulous choices. Part of the problem and the biggest problem that people have osteoarthritis in America is we're too heavy. There was a study that just came out That if you lost 5% of your body mass, quality body mass, of Mm -hmm. course, Mm -hmm. you would decrease your incidence of knee osteoarthritis by 60%. America is too heavy. The strain of the weight strains the joints. And fat cells are depositories for toxins. And when you're too heavy, you are inflamed.
1: You know, I think one of the things, Dr. Silverman, is that so many people believe that they can develop new habits. I mean, we hear this. We read this all the time. You can develop a new habit in three weeks. And as I have been working with clients over the last few years, like 25, you know, I've become to realize that, no, you don't develop a new habit in three weeks. It thinks this at least this nutritional habit, this good eating habit. Takes three to five years to actually (laughs) develop that habit
2: for most people. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I concur. Do you know it takes at least a year to change the hormonal release in your brain? So to speak to what you're saying, it's a lifestyle. You know, people think changing their diet there has a negative connotation, Mm like a jail term. It's not. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Why wouldn't you want to take care of your most valuable asset, your health? Jim Rohn once said, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live.
1: It's perfect. You know, it's so interesting. You know, we hear for breakfast, you you know, the commercials say, you know, eat this bowl of cereal. Where, Brenna, what do you eat for breakfast?
0: Well, I took a nod from Alyssa's breakfast last week on the show, and I made soup this morning for breakfast. Then was it, did it have chicken or beef in it? It uh, it had chicken in it, and I made it with my homemade chicken bone broth. Mm-hmm. And then it had a bunch of spinach and broccoli slaw mixed in, wilted in.
1: But you could use beef, couldn't you? Oh, you could use beef easily. You know, and that's another one of those things that so many people that walk into our office believe that they can't eat beef. Now, Dr. Silverman, I know we have to go to break, but maybe when we come back, let's talk a little bit about, hey, it's okay to eat beef. And it's good
0: for you. So uh, go ahead, Brenna. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are having a great discussion about the importance of nutrition and its connection to muscle spasms, muscle cramps, and muscle pain with Dr. Rob Silverman, author of Inside Out Health. Uh, so if you have questions this morning, you can give us a call at 651 641 1071.
1: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, Dr. Silverman shared a lot of information today. So you may find that you want to re-listen. And I think a lot of people do re-listen. Yes. So if you want to, go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and click on podcast. And if you want more answers, you know, you just say, what are they talking about? (laughs) You know, give our office a call at 651-699-3438 and ask for Brenna or leave her a message and you will get back to them, won't you?
0: I do. I do get back to people. And we actually, over the break, had a question. Um, a listener just wanted some information on liquid magnesium. We do carry, well, we carry a powder that you mix into water. And we have a great liquid magnesium yes. that... Has no bad taste to it. No, we have, um, I don't remember what brand it is. I
1: agree. I don't either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's just, I think it's like a tablespoon of it and it has mm-hmm. a little like apple juice in it. So you can mix that into a little water, um, or, or just take it right off a spoon. So it works great
1: for kids, um, yes. and for adults who don't like to swallow pills or That's tablets. Right.
0: Now, before you, break. Mm-hmm. But before we go, oh yes. you know,
1: I just want to remind people that, we have a menopause seminar seminar coming up on May 20th. Oh, yes. And so there's still some spaces left and uh, I will be teaching, Kate Crosby will be teaching, Diane will be teaching. So it's a whole day. It's we talk about food first and a and lot of things. And you give things.
0: them a really good lunch. Oh, yes. Of course, <laughs> so we'll give a great lunch. All right. Now back to we have kind of three three questions to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one, we wanted to talk about beef. Mm-hmm. And then Katie from Facebook wanted to know how long after making diet changes would we expect to see positive results? Mm-hmm. So Dr. Silverman, let's talk about beef and when to see results.
2: Great. I mean, I'm a, like you guys, I'm a proponent of beef. Grass-fed is my choice. There's also bison and things of that nature. And I think Beef can be a healthy beef, should be and could be a backbone of anybody's dietary supplementation. So beef is in. Actually, beef, before certain fishes, to be perfectly frank with you, if it's not a wild fish, I'm going with beef.
1: Uh, Um, We're so on the right, same page. Exactly what I say. Absolutely
2: absolutely outstanding. And um, how soon, I think early, you'll see a change, you know, body electrical impedance analysis, static energy levels, you'll see a change within a month.
0: Well, and I think depending upon what changes people are making, oftentimes if people have a gluten sensitivity and we tell them to cut it out, it's like within a week.
2: Gluten sensitivity without question. But as we all know, gluten, nobody should be consuming gluten. It is without question an issue. The gluten in North America um, isn't healthy. Jack Elaine once said, if man makes it, I won't eat it. Speak to gluten and gluten is sprayed. I mean, our wheat is sprayed with glyphosate, um, which is in Roundup, and the World Health Organization calls it a cancer-causing ingredient. So just let's stay away from it.
1: So, Brenda, do you have another question, or should we go to Regina's question? Or
0: Well, I do have a question here. Okay. Um, can we please explain to listeners why phosphoric acid found in both regular and diet soda can lead to bone loss and therefore osteoporosis? which can lead to a lot of pain. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, phosphoric acid. Any one of these sodas, whether it be diet or not, pose an issue because of this phosphoric acid. Well, number one, it's acidic. And number two, it binds with specific ingredients to strip the body of calcium out of the bones to speed up the process of osteoporosis, which is inherent, unfortunately, with women.
1: Right. And it's really amazing. You think about the women or you think about the people who are drinking soda, especially diet soda. And it's probably more women than men that drink diet soda. I'm not saying any soda is good, but some of the research recently is that diet soda is actually even worse than regular soda. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They're both <laughs> bad. So Neither yeah. one is good. And
0: we actually have a caller on the line Miss Pat, you have a question for Doctor Silverman. Good morning, Pat.
3: Oh yeah, um, I'm talking about leg cramps. Leg cramps. Yeah, they, they're so ungodly painful. I, up my leg, in my toes, and I, I can't turn any way in bed. I have to get out of bed, and try to walk it off. Mm-hmm. And just the other night, the pain went, woke me up out of sleep and would straight up my groin. Yeah. What what causes that?
1: There you are, Dr. Silverman. Could you hear that? Okay.
2: Yeah, again. Okay. It, yeah, those are terrible. And I've had them before also. So as opposed to trying to walk it off, I usually stretch really quick. So when you get that in the middle of the night and it just takes you over, I would pull my toes back. That'll typically relieve it within about five oh, seconds.
3: No, I, I, I can nothing, nothing helps unless I jump out of bed
2: all right well then you continue with that but let's avoid it and i think the best way to avoid it is to take some magnesium and up your electrolytes and a great way to up electrolytes and or some potassium would be to eat half a banana I wouldn't eat the whole banana a little high in the glycemic index i would up my um intake of bananas i would up my intake of green leafy vegetables with that potassium and magnesium that should help you with your uh, cramps
1: you know i think one of the other things pat is look at how much water you're drinking through the day, because a lot of times these people are just really dehydrated, and that's why they're having muscle cramps. And so, you know, you need to drink at least eight glasses of water a day to make sure that you don't have those muscle cramps. And again, as Dr. Silverman said earlier in the show, take probably about 800 milligrams of magnesium glycinate before you go to bed, And I think what will happen is you you just won't have those muscle cramps. Now, Pat, is that a possibility for you? I mean, is that something that you could do? Can you do that, like drink that much water so that you don't have muscle cramps and take that much magnesium?
0: Oh, I think she's off the line. Oh, okay. All, All right. right.
1: Well, I can't get a commitment out of her. No, nope, but hopefully, hopefully on the <laughs> other
0: end somewhere, she's nodding her head yes. And we actually have one last caller, and I think we have time to take that. Good morning, Ms. Tammy. You have a question for Dr. Silverman?
3: I do. Yeah, thank you. I'm wondering if you've worked with anybody that has costochondritis, and what your thoughts on using osteovantive are. I've had it for six years, and I keep trying different things.
0: And I can hang up and listen to your answer. Perfect question. Great question. Dr. Great. Silverman, take it away.
2: Great question. And with costochondritis, osteoanave would be a great choice. Well, um,
1: Doctor Silverman, explain to other listeners what that is. What is she dealing with?
2: Costochondritis is an inflammation in the rib area. It's, a, mm-hmm. in, it's very common in women. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are concerned about calcium intake, but there's no calcium with the osteoanave. So the osteoanave is a great choice because it'll block inflammatory signals to different joints. Ribs are mm-hmm. joints. So therefore, I really like that concept of taking osteovaniv for costochondritis. Most people don't come and ask us enough about that, but it's a very common growing issue in ailment.
1: And I think when we think in terms of food first, again, and you you may want to repeat this again because people need to hear it over and over. What would you recommend for an eating plan for somebody that has any kind of inflammatory condition in their body?
2: Absolutely. Well, without question, I always say, let's start with the GPS of health. No gluten, no processed food, no sugar. If it has a food label that's longer than your last name, forget about it. There's no healthy foods that have labels. The only label I want to see is organic or natural or fresh, something of that nature. If man makes it, I won't eat it, like Jacqueline said. And just use that GPS of health. Understand that food is your medicine, And don't let medicine be your food.
1: You know, it's so interesting, Dr. Silverman. You know, usually if people are on a prescription medication, a lot of times they have to take it several times a day. And actually, when you think in terms of food, we recommend people eating five times a day at least. And that just blows people away because so many, especially women, so many women are used to eating. What would you say, Brenna?
0: Like three,
1: sometimes just two Two. times a day, or sometimes they eat
0: two times a day and then they snack all day because they're so hungry.
1: Yes. I don't know. Could you maybe even address how many times a day people should be eating and kind of maybe what
2: what a meal should look like? Um, Well, sure. I agree with you. 100% 100% on the five meals, you've got to think about it. Your metabolism is like a fire. If you feed it slowly, it'll burn efficiently. If you put a lot of wood, a lot of food in one time, it bursts up, and then it shuts down. So those five meals a day encourage a good metabolic rate and encourage the fact that we're going to get a lot of nutrients. So we talked about breakfast this morning. What did I have for breakfast? I had five egg whites with two yolks, avocados, and a whole green drink. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, that so sounds great. I mean, you know, and,
1: peep, and then people are going, oh my gosh, he can't eat five eggs. Oh no. But yes, you can. And your cholesterol is probably perfect.
2: My cholesterol is wonderful. Um, whenever I go to the uh, practitioner that does all my blood, he always wants to know what my diet is. What can I do? And I'm like, dude, you just got to change your lifestyle. I just put it as bluntly as that. You know, the mounds bars that you're consuming don't work. Uh, lunch is a real simple. I'm gonna have to Well, we me.
0: actually have to go. Our show is over. We warmed up. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for joining you're us. You're great. You're and great. Yes, and we invite everyone to join us next week as Kate and Joanne offer solutions to many menopause problems. So, join us next week.